We're not even looking for a great escape. Any escape will do here on the Owls America, Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. And if you've been listening for a while, uh, you might know that I have been trying, sometimes successfully, to avoid drinking uh, 10% and up ABV beers when I record this show in the evening. You know, you're going to make a you're going to make a morning of it for yourself. Uh, so this week, I have I think I I've drank the uh, Bewilder ESB before on this podcast. It's very good. Uh, Bewilder Brewing in downtown Salt Lake City. I guess it's the first beer they ever produced or something like that. But anyway, they did an anniversary release of it, and it's a double ESB, uh, aged in barrels of some sort. I assume bourbon, uh, but not ten percent. Nine and a half percent. So I'm sure everything will be fine. Joining me on the show this week, we will start in New England with our New England owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Uh, I'm finishing up a uh, McKellar's Beer Geek breakfast. It's a really nice uh, stout. I believe that's um, not under 10%, if I recall correctly. It, it is, actually. I okay, okay. get the, uh, they, they have like a high test one. I went yeah, for yeah, yeah. 7.5%. Okay. Um, and then I, I'm switching over to, let me just recommend to anybody who does have interest in non-alcoholic beers. The Zero Gravity mm. uh, makes something called a Rescue Club. It's a Pilsner. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually quite good. Um, so I'm going to nurse a couple of those. I had a very late night last night. It was the last... Uh, high school hockey game of the regular season. So the coach and staff went out and uh, did some damage. And, uh, you know, I want to take it easy tonight. The Bruins are playing yeah. the uh, Oilers at 10 o'clock Eastern Standard. Yeah. So I got to stay up and watch as much of that as I can. So are there so, any uh, Are there any nips left on Cape Cod after last night? Yes. Available for yes. purchase. We, we actually went out. We did not hang out in the locker room mm. for long. We went out and uh, I may have had double digit number of guinnesses i'm not yeah. quite sure it was uh yeah it was a little rough this morning but hey <laughs> uh, that's right i'm powering through i'm here also hanging out this week in portland oregon for cascadia owl mike laroon mike what are you drinking hey i'm taking it easy this week but how is everybody glad to be here yeah, um i'm uh <laughs> thinking back to an herbal tea it might be lunch so we're we're kind of trying that again technically it is it is Lent. Lent okay, started yeah. on uh, Valentine's Day, so we're yeah. Well, we I know. I I just keep the J. I I only know by like Jamie's update on when Mardi Gras is and whatever costume he's wearing. There you that's go. How I that's how I figure that's, out when uh when yeah. Lent starts every year. He never disappoints. Mm. No, a man that will definitely not disappoint. Our <laughs> master of ceremonies in Halifax in a couple months, Demi Dimitriou. Demi, what are you drinking? How are you doing, guys? Uh, I hate to say it. I, uh, I've, I've started this. Well, last year I did it as well, and this this year I'm doing it again. I do a week off the booze every month, and this is day seven. So I'm also <laughs> on herbal teas uh, and uh, and council pop, unless we're going yeah. to tonight, in which case I'm opening a <laughs> couple of cans of uh, Tadamaguchi IPA in, uh, in the fridge. So uh... <laughs> well, hopefully, it. It w- hopefully it won't be that long, but we do have a fair bit to cover. We have Millwall away. We have the Wednesday news. We have a Bristol City preview. And a OA away preview as well. But we will start with Millwall away. Yeah, we're still doing the show because Wednesday are still within striking distance of safety. Uh, a 2-0 win at the old, new, den, whatever you want to call it. Uh, a classic a classic Millwall encounter in, in so many ways. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll keep it simple. We'll do uh, the match in a word or, or a few words. And mine are just going to be 
take your chances. Uh, and that's a, that, that, it's got a double meaning is take your chances with Wednesday the rest of the season. But they also did actually take their chances uh, against Millwall and really didn't like Millwall are not good. Wednesday are not good. Uh, a lot of the first half, I thought Millwall you know, had the lion's share of the possession. Wednesday were struggling to get a foot in the game, but Millwall also didn't really offer much in attack. And then obviously a little, little bing, bang, boom. Uh, Musaba drops the shoulder, slides it into Ugbo, And really after that goal, you know, even before the second goal, and actually you know, certainly after the second goal, when uh, all the Millwall fans left the, uh, <laughs> the den, they didn't really offer much. Um, this was a game that resulted in their manager being sacked, as I think Joe Edwards was fired literally today. And they had their chances in the second half. You know, Wednesday kind of invited them in, but I think more or less managed the game okay. You know, it was a good away result on balance. We know we have we have Bristol City, we have Rotherham, we have you know Plymouth, who are also struggling themselves uh, coming up in recent uh, in upcoming fixtures. This was a must-win game, though, uh, as a lot of them are going to be from from here on out. And they, at the end of the day, you know, it's not it's not one long for the memory, I would say, but it was a very valuable three points. I don't know. I mean, I I mean, it'll be long it for fine. the memory if we stay up. Uh, yeah, I guess. Sure. I, mean, I enjoyed watching it, which I can't say about many Wednesday games recently. So it was it was fine, but. I, I thought it was a great away performance in that you're right. Early on, Millwall had a couple chances first. You know, maybe 10, 12 minutes, they, they had some pushes, but nothing was was terribly dangerous. And then once we scored, and I really want to talk about both goals because they were just things of beauty. Uh, you know, once they scored and we went up, it just it took all the starch out of them and they really didn't offer much. They had possession, but they weren't penetrating. They weren't really challenging. Um, you know, they had shots, but they weren't. I, I don't recall too much. Uh too much that really scared us. Um, it was kind of the inverse of the Leicester game, right? With the shoe being on the other foot for Wednesday in a lot of ways. And it's like, yeah, I guess, I'd say we were we were more dangerous yeah. in the second half against Leicester than I think Millwall was against us. Yeah, it's just it's just weird to see that. Like we've seen Wednesday have these kind of performances away from home. It's a little weird that it was Millwall, although you noted last week their home form was not particularly good this season. But to just kind of we've seen Wednesday. I mean, usually the difference is Wednesday would concede the third and the fourth and Millwall didn't, but <laughs> it was just kind of a, you know, it was like a very professional performance. And I saw someone in the WhatsApp group. We're ninth in the form table in the last 15 games. Like, yeah. It doesn't feel like that in a lot of ways, No, but it never does. Cause we're yeah. so overly dramatic about every, <laughs> and also they thing. started from such a big hole too. Right. Like that makes a, a big difference and even the first like i don't know month or so of of danny roll he wasn't necessarily getting the results even though the performances improved and now we're getting the, the results with the performances to more of an extent and like look if they play i think it was something like 1.7 points per game over their last 15 they do that for the last 12 they're probably going to stay safe but you know it's wednesday I, how confident can you really be mike yeah um well, actually, I, I feel okay. I, I was looking at the table as well, with um, but my, my my thoughts on it are opportunistic, and they, they like like you say, Jeff, they took their chances. But if they can freeze, just capture what they had in that first half, and, and re and repeat that throughout the rest of the season, it's fine. You look at the table and the recent form, and you know it's QPR, Huddersfield, and Wednesday are all doing 
relatively yeah. well. And now we've got to go up as high as, I don't know, 18th place and try to catch up to, to some of these teams that are that have lost four of their last five games. So um, Millwall included. So I think it's um, I mean, it's going to be fun. It's going to be nerve wracking, <laughs> but I think it uh, I think it'll be fun. Demi, that's an interesting thing to me, I think. These last few games, the Leicester game, and even the Huddersfield game too. Um, you know they haven't gotten the results, but I think my big fear, sort of going into this game, and I noted it last week with Justin, is that when you talk about how bad Millwall's goal scoring record was, like Wednesday are, are were the lowest goal scorers in in the entire league. And look, I don't think Jan Poveda and Ike Ugbo are amazing players. But I think they at least offer something like a little bit of ability to unlock a defense or like Ugbo's get get a striker's goal every once in a while. And really, when you're just trying to finish 21st, you know, that might be enough. I would I would buy your hand off a 21st place. right? <laughs> <laughs> of course I would. Um, look, I really like the look of Pervader. Um, um, he is he's got quick feet. He's quick. He's. He really compliments uh, Masaba and Gasama well. And, you know, with those three uh, on the wings, you've got a player like Ogbo in the middle who can get, you know, he's scored, what, three strikers' goals now. Like yeah. He's just been in the right place at the right time. And I feel he is he's come in and doing what Fletcher should have been doing from the beginning of the season, right? Like, don't, don't get me wrong, Fletcher's work rate, <laughs> Millwall aside, has yeah. been fantastic. Yeah. Um, his red card was just ridiculous, like... To get a yellow card for kicking the ball away first off, but when you're on a yellow, you just you've got to be careful. Like and it wasn't even it was in a dangerous spot, but it wasn't like the mic. There was cover behind him. Yeah, like he didn't it was it was it was take a foul to break up the attack, right? Yeah. So, what well, you don't do that when you're on a yellow card. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean it's I it's it's one of those where like you. You knew Millwall were going to come out of the blocks quick and try and get a couple of goals, but if it didn't. Like and they said, I think on the commentary, it's a place that turns very, very quickly. Yeah, and my God, it turned. It was, <laughs> it was, got that goal. It was, it was well, wow. Like I thought, I, we had, we I thought we had some fickle fans at times. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that was that was brutal. But um, I mean, Masaba for the first goal, incredible. The that way was brilliant. Yeah, dropped his shoulder, sent the defender the wrong way, and then bought himself like five yards of space. And in that time, he got up to speed and it was, oh, it was sensational. I, I don't think he really got the credit he deserved because he really made that goal. Like he, he was in, he was that first goal, especially, was was brilliant. And um, and put it in the box and Ugbo was there to bundle the ball in. Like, uh, and you know what, right now, for me, it's not, you know, yes, I like the performances, but it's not about the performances. It's it's about the results now. And it's like you know what, let's get a couple of goals and then take the ball into the corner for 50 minutes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Let's, we just need the points right as it sounds right now. So, um, you know, last last season when we were winning, you know, if we weren't, we weren't, you know, if we dropped a couple of points, it seemed like everyone was getting away from us. Whereas this this season now we're in a situation where, you know, a couple of couple more wins, um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it shortly, but uh, the table could look very different in three games' time. Uh, and you know it's it's oh, it's never easy, is it? <laughs> no. Not at Wednesday. No, no. it is funny I, that I, Millwall, I was I mean, sure that like uh, they were going to score as well. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, it had to be like two one, like at like the eighty eighth uh, minute, just to give it yeah. a little. I was shocked there was only six minutes of stoppage time. I thought it was going to be at least like 
10 or 12 in the uh, second half. It was a very choppy. Yeah, Millwall fans would have rioted. Very choppy game, and yeah. Now, it yeah. is funny how quickly they turn. Again, what, what, I mean, Wednesday fans are certainly, it, it can be noxious at Hillsborough, but like generally they've been a pretty good team there in recent years. Like their form at home has been, you know, excellent in League One, but generally good elsewhere as well. And like with Millwall, I guess, I guess they'd, they'd seen enough. They'd seen this story before. Uh, obviously, the manager got sacked. I always worry about that too because, you know, these teams, you're in the position, like once they already got their new manager bounced back in like October. So I do wonder if these teams, you know, because you start to feel, especially it's like, you know, Birmingham obviously getting dragged back in, Millwall now. You know, might happen to Plymouth as well. Well, and Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham's lost Mowbray, right? Yeah, I, I yeah, think he's he, uh, he's out for a while. He was he was big for them. Six um, to eight weeks, I believe. Yeah, I I was reading uh, some Millwall forums uh, before <laughs> last week before doing <laughs> the preview. <laughs> well, just trying to trying yeah, to yeah, sure, sure. Go. All right, yeah. How they felt, and it was more or less across the board. Unanimous sentiment was: should we fire the manager? No. But if we don't get three points on Saturday, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that is uh, the difference, right? Because they get they get a result in that they're in like nineteenth place, right? And you put a couple more teams between you and QPR on Wednesday, right? Like it is. It's gonna ch- it's gonna rapidly change over the next few weeks, as as Dimmy said, as the results. And Wednesday can't always count on the results breaking their way. They have some weeks, and they have a, have others, right? But there's always a team. You know, right around this time of year, February, coming out of the transfer window, maybe it didn't go as well as you would have liked or injuries and you can't get can't get somebody in. There's always a team that's, you know, you think they were safe around Christmas and they get pulled back in because the teams, you know, they're trying to pull themselves out of relegation, get the little extra giddy up in their step or just a little bit of bad run of form or something like that. And you know, what's gone from really what was looked like a, a three-team race for one safe spot maybe six weeks ago to, I mean, you could see six or seven teams that are at least, you know, have to have one, I, one, I one eye over their shoulder. I Birmingham. Birmingham's in 15th with 38 points, which is six ahead of QPR and uh, obviously nine ahead of us, 10 with the goal difference. That's but 15th, this, 15th too. That's like mid-table. 15th. It's not really mid-table, but it's like... there's It sure is. There's yeah. there's a lot of... And again, that's a team that just lost their manager. And, and yeah. frankly, I thought they played much better than I expected given their team on paper or whatever. Yeah. But this is... There's still a lot to play for. Now, we do need to pick up these points over these next... You know, it's not... No fucking round. Like, we yeah. need three points. It's not get a draw. No, the schedule need three really, points against these shitty teams. Yeah, the schedule really through know? March, I think, outside of Leeds is really... Uh, and Leeds at home, I, I they'll be up for it, if nothing else, I suspect. But Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, that's... Like, it's a little... Like, January, that was a tough schedule. And they didn't really get the performances. And they didn't really get the players in. Although, maybe they did. We'll see, I guess. I would have really liked another midfielder, another defender, but... Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not, look, I am prepared for league one football. So, all right. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna be happy about it, but I'm prepared for it. Right. You can't, you can't have the start to the season that they had and really expect. You can only really hope that they can claw their way out of it. Cause again, 
it's like the worst start in second division history or something. You know, for the, what, the 1883 professional football started in England or whatever <laughs> it was. Like, that's literally, I, it's, I, I have a... Well, it's the worst start in 150, so yeah, 7 years the, or uh, however old we are. I have the, whatever, the the photo book from uh, from last season. I think the title is History Makers. And I guess it's just, can we get can we get one for this season? <laughs> this history makers, it's just them not getting any points for like the first 10 games or whatever it was. I think I looked, I, uh, I, th- I think I seen on, on X or Twitter or whatever. And I think if the table was only taking into account the game since Danny Roll was appointed, yeah. we'd be comfortably in 15th. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, and, and again, you can't really count and that's, the, uh, yeah. the games that you started with the first sort yeah. of five games. It's, you know, like from where we were to yeah. where we are now is a uh, miles away. That's that's, that's, that's my that's only in... issue with League One, though, is is I don't want to lose my my beautiful <laughs> young German manager, yeah, in his tight pants with his iPad. Like <laughs> this is, I, I will go back to League One if he if I know yeah. that he's there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if I, I will gracefully accept. No, I don't either. And it's yeah. terrifying. To think I mean, you always on, on some level you one. like always want. I don't know. You want players you always want players and managers with ambition right that's the you should want players and managers with ambition but um yeah sometimes their ambitions take them higher than league one football with sheffield wednesday but Tell you what, though, if we could keep if we if the worst does happen and we do go down if we can keep masaba gasama um yeah, sign a decent young striker that well we've got uh, uh that one yeah uh, you know, what I mean, God, be an exciting season, wouldn't it? Like, I just it like. I mean, I've seen them, I, uh, Demi. I've seen them get ninety-eight points and not get autos. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been there, done that. I don't need, yeah. I don't need to do that again. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah. no, keeping Danny is is the biggest thing. I don't yeah. think you can. So I've seen someone saying, "Oh, Sunderland will be really interested in," but I don't think he's going to leave us to go to Sunderland. Like that's not for me. That's not a step up. Yeah, I don't. I, again, I think fifteenth is like. I think we are would have snapped everyone's handoff for fifteenth at the start of the season, right? But it's not. I think completely out of sorts with what you could have hoped for from this squad and the players they brought in the summer. They just bring in the right manager. It really, I mean, it really is that simple when you look at it. It's like night and day. So important. Yeah, you know, it's it's it, and that's it. It's modern football, right? And, and managers need time, right? And the yeah. thing that the thing that I think sets us in good stead for me is the fact that you know we are in the bottom three, but the fans are still singing the manager's name at every opportunity. Yeah. They you really know, haven't. Like, I mean, they're really behind the manager, like yeah. not so much the chairman. But, we're <laughs> going to that. but they're really behind the manager, and I don't mm-hmm. think many, if any, other teams, even if they sign a new manager now, like Millwall, like who honestly are they going to get? Right, to, right. That's yeah, out, right? Like, um, that that so, new manager bounce might not be that much, right? Yeah. And yeah. who wants that? Uh, that's too. a tough place to walk. Like, who wants that job? Right? You got to be a certain kind of like role. The fact that he came in so early, he had plenty of time. He knew he had a transfer window. You're getting a firefighter if you're Millwall at that point. I don't even know who the championship. I mean, you've uh, Warnock's already off in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know who the hey, championship can, firefighters are at this point. Can we just briefly mention the second goal too? Because yeah, Dini talked oh, yeah. about how great Musaba's play was on the first goal, and it was. It was beautiful. I mean, it was everything to to 
kind of lose the ball, recover, mega guy, and as he put it, drop a shoulder, create space, perfect cross to the back post, great run by Ugbo, nice touch. But that was all Musaba. And then the finish for the second one. I mean, it just a, it, we've come to expect that kind of pass from Baz. Yeah. That, you know, just perfect through ball into space, perfectly weighted, you know, slices through four or five of their defenders. But Musaba still finishes that beautifully. Puts yeah. it like just inside yep. the post. It, there's a great angle on a replay where you can see the goalie had everything covered, but that, yeah. <laughs> you know, he had to, but it was just kiss the inside of the post. Just a great finish. Uh, I mean, Musaba, I was looking at some stats. He only had something like 29 or 30 touches in the game, which surprised me, but gee, each one of those must've been pretty exciting because I, I thought he was probably player of the game. He was, he was outstanding. He had a great and, and, game, but the player of the game for me was Paul Valentine. Like he had a hell of like offense, was, like two ways. He had a hell of a game. Like he just I was thought he he was very very good, very but... involved, and he's been, you know, I mean, he he started early. I think he got picked up a knock in there somewhere, but he's kind of just been the right back now for the last month or so, and I thought he's been like perfectly serviceable. Well, at this he, level. he was like, he was basically playing as a attacking winger this game. They had Palmer. Yeah. They had Palmer on the right side behind right, him. Right, if, if you look at the two, heat yeah. maps. Well, so that's it, it was a back four. I, everything I've seen had it listed as a 5-4-1. Um, but when you really look at the heat maps and you, and you rewatch some of the game, you see that Palmer was on the right side. Valentin was in front of him most of the game. And think about how often we saw Valentin when they went to cross it yeah. uh, over to the right side. He was always so far advanced. Uh, he def- you're right, Jeff. He definitely got back and, and covered well, but they had him up on the right and Musaba up on the left with uh, Box and Baz and, and Poveda and uh, in the middle and, and Ugbo up front. And it was, you know, obviously they have a lot of movement in their positioning, but that's, I've got some good attackers going. I, I they like do. I don't with the I, ball. You know? I don't entirely know what to make of Musaba yet. Um, like with, with Gasama's, I think a little more direct and he's younger too. So you can just like project more onto him uh, in the future. But like Musaba, like we'll have games of just, uh, he, he kind of reminds me of Joao a little bit and we'll have games where he's just absolutely unplayable. And then he'll have games where just nothing goes right for him. And he's just, you know, subbed off at an hour. Right. And uh, that's that. He does run very, very hot and cold. And I think a way like Gasama doesn't, even though he doesn't, uh, Musaba has higher highs. Um, yeah, I mean, Musaba is also twenty-three. So no, and I know it's. I just not. Like, I know it's not really man. fair to be <laughs> like. But uh, you know, he's got a little more. You know, just experience, first-team experience than Gasama does. So I would, you know, I would expect to be more advanced, which he is. Um, he, yeah, uh, Musaba reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Chris Brum when I used to go watch him play. And he's like, you, you get so frustrated with him because he'd literally do nothing for 90 <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah. And then he'd have like one moment of brilliance and win the game. And you're like, that's why he's playing. But it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we should do more. And it's like with Masavi, you know what? He um he is he 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 does try stuff, which I love. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't come off. Um, but then he'll do stuff like like the two goals. And it, you're yeah. just like, oh my God, like how can we drop this guy? Like, I mean, yeah. he's been off the boil. I'll be honest. I think even he'd admit that he'd been off the boil for a little bit uh, for the last couple of games. Um, but like, oh, he was just a joy to watch again. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, and ultimately, yeah, that's mean, what you need now at this point is you know, it's you need somebody that can just win a match. Yeah, and I think you know, he's got that right. Yeah, Paveda has that in him where he can just he can 
make a move that is just going to win you a match. And I, I really mean, like the, the partnership at the, in the center, center back with um, yeah. Hequa and Bernard, right? Yeah. Hequa, calm, steady head. Bernard, take a run. Yeah, you give me, you give me 10 yards, I'm going to take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, it's just... Yeah, I follow that. Uh, I think it's TW Football on, uh, on on X, and he does some really, really yeah, nice he's great analysis. Like, and it's like he, he was showing like the. I think you talked about the heat maps. He was showing like the average positions, and it's like, what formation even is that? Like, I, you know, <laughs> yes. when the team sheet comes out, you like look at it, and you're like, what is this like four three three? Is this like a five three one two? Like, you just you just like, if, and if we don't know, like, what are the opposition? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you like, because like you say, uh, Valentin will push on and Palmer will drop back into the gap. Um, and then, you know what? Then Palmer appears and, and someone else has dropped back into the gap. And you're like, what's going on here? Like, the, the, the freedom that the players have to interchange um, is, is, is brilliant. And you just never know where they're going to pop up. Um, you know, Perveda clearly been given permission to cut inside as much as he wants. Um, and then you've got because you've got pole there to mm. to go on the outside on the overlap kind of thing, right? So yeah, it's, yeah, he seems very much in sort of the Josh Windass freelancing. Uh, not Danny quite, role, not man. quite a number ten <laughs> role. Yeah, um, we haven't we mentioned his past, but I also thought this was and I, he's been very hot and cold for me this year, um, even under roll. But I thought it was one of Barry Bannon's best games of the season. Too. Yeah. Like he just absolutely, and they've had trouble sometimes, especially with the midfield too, and finding him a partner. And sometimes, whether it's whether it's Windass or um, Haveda or whoever they've been playing, sort of more in that advanced midfield role, they can create kind of like gaps um, that Bannon can't always fill. But I thought he just pulled all the strings on Saturday. It was one of his better better performances. We're gonna need more of those. Um, I think, especially once they start mm-hmm. going. Uh, you know, like away at Rotherham and games like that, where you really are going to need to sort of have Barry Bannon be Barry Bannon. So well, they've that. been trying to figure out where to, you know, he's been moving around a little bit, dropping yeah. him a little deeper some games, moving him up a little higher. He was he was playing up a little higher uh, this week. They kind of trusted Vox to be, you know, sort of the lone defensive midfielder, and it, it worked this week. I I still wish they had the guy they could, you know, really count on to be that defensive midfielder to clean up in front of those back two. But I hear there's a uh, there's a good, strong, proven at this level a uh, central defensive midfielder playing for the Manchester United under twenty ones right now. So, oh, Tom Huddlestone has been playing for the uh, <laughs> Manchester United under twenty ones recently. Is he really? Ooh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> At 37 or whatever. It is. I was going to say, he's, <laughs> yeah. not, he's not 21. Apparently, he put in a hell of a performance this week uh, in the under 21 game. There you go. Can you imagine Push just being like a 21, 21, like a 19 year old kind of tricky central midfield prospect for like Chelsea and just have to like run in, probably literally run into Tom Huddlestone in the midfield for 90 <laughs> minutes in a completely empty stadium? Just, a, just get the ice bath ready. Just a miserable experience. I was curious about uh, Daniel Rule's comments this week about yeah he want he expects Barry Bannon back next season he he you know has a place for him um, which I think is promising I mean but well there there's a whole article where he's kind of like he, I remember he was he said he was like looking at the squad and he's like he basically like said in, in the traditional kind of 
very straightforward German way. Like these people are all old. Can they run as much as I want them to? <laughs> Did you, uh, Mike, would you, would you expect that? Cause I, I thought that Baz was going to kind of maybe be a casualty of. I role, think, but but I, I kind of, ex- I feel the same way about he and Palmer is I think that um, nobody wants to see them go. And I think the manager doesn't want to be the one that lets them go, but maybe the outside German one can do it the outsider who can do a clean slate. And um, I think a lot of us wouldn't mind seeing well, the, the thing is, younger, but I, I still think, he's got, I still think Barry Ben has got way too much to offer in the championship just because he knows the league as well as he does. Well, we saw that this past game for sure. Yeah. I, Mike, didn't you see, uh, I thought Roll had some comments recently where he was like over the top praising Liam Palmer. Yeah, yeah Liam Palmer is kind of like uh, one thing. What do you say about Liam Palmer? The man runs, and like his fitness is not. No, he can play. Like, look, he's not going to start every week, but he can. And he can play. You can play right back. He can play in a center back three. They played him more as a central defensive midfielder. Like, yeah, we with, need with, players like that, and we're not going to spend for players that are going to be clear squad upgrades, right? I mean, you have this really athletic tandem between Ahekwe and Bernard, and I think yeah. that he's a really nice anchor for that. Bernard's also had a contract in the summer, and they got to yeah. get working on that because, you know, that's that's a play, like that's a player where if we stay up, I think we'll keep him, and I think he'll find championship football if we don't, and that'll that'll work itself out how it works works itself out. Well, uh, let's stay focused on staying up first. Yeah, that's, we can yeah, stay I up. Think we can I, lose the entire squad. And, and yeah, that's okay. we'll figure that shit out. We just yeah, but I, I'm not particularly worried about changes in the summer. Yeah, re- there is. I yeah. mean, obviously, he wants. Like to, he's going to want to pick his yeah. own players. Um, correct. Correct. He's, and he's going to want. Let's say he's younger. been doing this all, all with players that aren't his. Yeah, and like he's going to want to. <laughs> yeah. He's going to want to pick his own players. And again, the summer transfer window is going to be a very different different animal especially if they're still up you know it's just more more time and more uh you know more planning can go you're not just trying to patch holes like they were basically trying to do in in january with unclear uh financial resources i mean i don't think the financial resources will be any clearer in the summer but uh, they still have more time uh if nothing else but yeah i, I don't i don't I honestly expect, like, I don't know if Barry Bannon's going to go back to Scotland for a year or something, but like functionally, I expect, or, you know, Barry Bannon play MLS, you know, sure, whatever. But I, I functionally think Bannon's going to retire in as a Wednesday player, I would suspect. Uh, I hope yeah. Liam Palmer does the same as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm look just... at Palmer too. Palmer obviously just, I mean, we can get some of the news. So you get, went to top 10 all time in appearances. And like, look, if, I mean, if, if they go down, they should definitely keep Palmer because he's going to be an absolute. Uh, incredibly valuable piece given his flexibility at the and you know performances he's putting at the league one level his fitness i don't think can be questioned like he's i mean he's fitter now than he was 10 years ago and i think he'd say as much too um you know he's basically been playing some of his best football uh in recent years so i think there'll certainly be a place for them and again yeah like it, it look you can see like lee gregory won't be right lee gregory is not in danny roll's plans like reese james isn't like liam palmer is still in the squad every week he's starting fairly often as well in a variety of positions. And yes, I think they're going to look to strengthen, especially in central midfield and center back, you know, in his positions in the summer, but they would need to do that anyway, even if Liam Palmer was, you know, front and center to their plans. So that is a, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the same with Baz, even if he doesn't play every week, um, but just having that experience in the squad. Uh, is vital, especially with the amount of younger players that we've got in there now. And uh, like he's doing his coaching badges too. Like that's something where he can sort of, you know, become the 
you know, the extra assistant coach or whatever. I see. Yeah. Uh, I see Will Volks was uh, yep. a couple of weeks ago was down with the kids yeah. as well. Yep. That's so, so great to see, right? Yep. Like that the first team players are taking an interest in the development, right? Like that is, that's amazing. So I really like to see that. On that note, we'll take a break, come back, cover the Wednesday news, the Bristol City encounter, and make plans for a trip all the way up I-95 and points further north, and even further north than that, the Halifax, Nova Scotia. Welcome back. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Not a ton of news this week. Uh, Dominic Iorfa is back in training. I might be uh, tipped to rejoin the squad in in the coming weeks. And given the injuries to uh, Famewo and Pedersen, it might uh, might be welcomed right back in in terms of center back depth, and you know, even uh, even right back depth. Although Valentin does seem to have a pretty good hold on that position for the reasons discussed uh, in the first bit of the show as we mentioned liam palmer is now a top 10 all time in uh sheffield wednesday appearances that's kind of wild really it's like it's like all i know, I know like david hurst is in there too but it's like all mostly players from like the 1890s that came straight from the coal mines uh to practice <laughs> afterwards um you don't and like i don't know if anyone's going to like in the modern era is going to get more appearances than than him right just because of the nature of modern football um you know it's unusual that even palmer now has seen us through uh a couple of promotions and, and relegations himself and something like uh, what manage what, what, what manager do you get his first cap under is it like alan irvine or something <laughs> it might be uh, something i can probably look up actually uh, i was gonna say the amount of managers he must have been through as well in that time yeah <laughs> So his oh, first um, appearance um, was in the the 2010-2011 League One season. So I assume it was uh would have been under Megson, probably, is my guess. Um, I don't know when his actual first game was, but it would either be I think it was probably before before Dave Jones. Actually, no, this was their first season in League One. This might have literally been Alan Irvine. Wow. Yeah. It was 2010-2011. So it was their first year back in uh uh, back in League One, so yeah, it might have literally been Alan Irvine. I'm not going to. Uh, actually, I can actually look this up. When did this is you know scintillating? Uh, so like, oh, look, it's just let's just let's just roll through the 2010, 2011 Sheffield Wednesday season because this show is not going to be an hour already. Maybe we'll get Demi uh, back into drinking time after all. Uh, August 7th, 2010. Sheffield Wednesday start their season with a comfortable home win over Dagenham and Redbridge at Hillsborough. August 10th, 2010. Sheffield Wednesday progressed to the second round of the League Cup after beating Bury uh, 1-0 at Hillsborough, a club that no longer exists. Uh, the game was watched by 7,390 fans. August 11th, 2010. Sheffield Wednesday are given 28 days to pay a £550,000 debt before potentially going into administration. <laughs> Some things never change. Yeah. <laughs> uh, August 24th, 2010. Sheffield Wednesday are knocked out of the League Cup after a 4-2 loss at Scunthorpe United. November 9th, 2010. Wednesday faced a winding up order over a £600,000 
unpaid tax and also pays a similar order over a 300,000 pound VAT bill. Transiri out. Yeah. Uh, November 17, 2010, a high court judge gives the club 28 days to find new owners and pay off their, pack, their tax debt. The 29th of November, 2010, Milan Mandarich's UK football investment buys the club for £7 million and $1 pending shareholder approval, schedules the debt, yada, 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 yada. Uh, so yeah, it would have been Alan Irvine. Alan Irvine was sacked February 3rd, 2011, replaced by uh, Gary Megson. And then uh, February 19, 2011, they lost in the uh, round five of the FA Cup to Birmingham City, which was also the first meetup of the New York Owls. So there you go. Very, very eventful year. They ended up finishing uh, 15th in League One that season uh, with a, a dead even goal differential. So there you go. And just a wild. Uh... Yeah, after a good start, they lost consecutive matches to uh, Brentford, Carlisle United, Plymouth Argyle, and Southampton. No, there you go. That's fine. But it, uh, what a year. So that was probably who Liam Palmer's first scout was. It was Lily under Alan Irvine. Uh, was that's... It, I hate to tell you that. I think it was Brian Laws, actually, Jeff. Was it? <laughs> I think it was because he played against. Uh, well, did he play in like a cup, cup match or something? He played in the cup game against Barry, and it was Brian Laws as a manager because he got sacked at the. Oh, no. No, sorry, it would have been sorry. Shut, hush my mouth. Laws got sacked at the end of two thousand and nine. Irvine took Irvine took them down. Yeah, tens. I didn't know if he popped sorry. up in like a league cup match the year before or something. Just looking at his, uh, at sorry. his uh, player, their leading goal scorer that year was uh, Neil Mellor. There you go. Nineteen goals in all competitions. Could probably still do a job. <laughs> Uh, that's the Wednesday news. We will now move on to Bristol City at Hillsborough. Take it away, Justin. So uh, I just want to, because I find all of Bristol City's, you know, sort of stats and everything amusing, I just want to read very quickly. I skip ahead a bit to who they are. Mm. Just a brief reminder where we talked about uh, them earlier this year. Uh, they're Bristol City Football Club. They're the Robins, also known as the Cider Army. I didn't realize that uh, Bristol is home to a lot of cider. Uh, my notes say drunks use apple to get drunk. So I might have been drunk when I wrote that. <laughs> uh, they were formed in 1894, joined the EFL in 1901, largely been a second, third division club. They won the 1934 Welsh Club, 1978 Anglo-Saxon Cup, and have won the most <laughs> pizza cups. And mm. then my final line of my preview is boring ass club. Like, just so mediocre. So let's now get into the current iteration. They are 12th, which mm -hmm. is, you know, upper, mid-table, but I'm Literally mid-table, there's 24 teams yeah. in the league. They are 10 points out of the playoffs and 12 points above the drop. Uh, they have 12 wins, 8 draws, and 13 losses, and they are plus 1. So mm -hmm. about as average as you can get. Uh, their away form is uh, they are... Five wins, five draws, and six losses, and minus one. So also <laughs> incredibly average. And when they hired their new coach, we'll get into it a mm. little bit. Uh, Liam Manning, uh, who we knew from League One days, since they have hired Liam Manning uh, after sacking Nigel Pearson, Liam Manning, they are seven wins, eight draws, and seven losses, and plus <laughs> two. So this is the most... Steering the ship, the just keeping the average. ship going. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
they are in current form. Uh, they are, uh, well, 12th, <laughs> very <laughs> mid-table with two draws, two losses, and two wins. So I did find this. We laugh, but this is, this is the dream, really, right now. For well, sure. we aspire <laughs> to this, no doubt, no doubt. Um, if you guys actually remember, I, I had forgotten the game. We lost to them one nothing at Ashton Gate. Uh, that was the game where Bannon got that kind of sketchy red card for tripping somebody just outside of the box. Mm, uh, yeah. Horrible pass out the back from uh, Cameron Dawson got turned over and uh, Baz took him down. I thought it was a bit of a harsh red card. Um, I believe the league agreed and, and did right, not right. Uh, took away the extra game suspension, but we lost one nothing on that. The, the other thing that's kind of interesting is they – fired Nigel Pearson the game before they played us and they hired Liam Manning in the game after they played us. So we had the one game with their caretaker manager in charge. Um, so if you guys remember Liam Manning, he was with uh, MK Dons a couple years ago and with Oxford, uh, well known for his uh, possession and progressive passing style. I think there was a stat. Um, he uh, uh, MK Dons was like top 10 in Europe in progressive passes or the whatever. one that managed in Sweden or something. He may have, uh, no, he has not managed in Sweden. No, yeah. he, he's, uh, where did he start? You're, you're actually on to something, Jeff. Oh, it's Iceland. Somewhere. It's Iceland. It, it was somewhere strange, uh, for a year. No, he was belt. He was in Belgium. Yeah, I'm sure. Year, Belgium, year in the Belgian Iceland, league. basically the same. <laughs> As a man of Belgian heritage, Jeff, I'm going mm. to uh, pretend I didn't hear you uh, suggest that. But anyway, Liam Manning's teams uh, largely play what we would consider modern progressive football. Uh, they want to possess the ball, uh, take it out of the back. They, they move their wide midfield players, whether it's wingbacks or uh, wide midfielders, and move them up to create width. Uh they like to be able to pass the ball out the back. They do and have traditionally struggled to break down compact teams. Um, and they do that thing that we seem to like to do where they press high in the final third and then drop back into a fairly compact shape if they get a chance to. A uh, couple of interesting names for them. Um, they actually, Liam Manning got Scott Twine on loan. Uh, Twine obviously does. was <laughs> outstanding for him. Got him on loan from Burnley. Uh Twine played one game, uh, was named man of the match, and promptly got injured. <laughs> he may be available to come back this week. Their other uh, pretty good attacking midfielder, Mark Sykes, has been injured. He may be ready to come back this week. And their uh, left back slash left wing back, Cameron Pring, uh, may be ready to be come back. So they could be getting some players back, which is not really uh, – what you want to hear they'll generally do a four two three one but he will switch to a three four three uh it seems to be depending on who the opponent is in the situation i'd expect we'll see with us going with a back four most likely i'd expect to see them with the same a uh, couple other quick names of note for them uh they have jason knight who you guys may remember was with derby a couple years ago is pretty mm -hmm. good in the midfield he's their engine um Rob Dickey is their uh, center back. He's got four goals, three with his head. So I think we need to be careful of him uh, from set pieces and corners. 
And then interesting name that I knew I recognized and I got very angry about when I saw Naki Wells. And I said, yeah. I know this fucker. <laughs> it was on those uh, Huddersfield teams yes, that yes, he was. Uh, knocked us out. He was uh, he was quite a force for them. Um, and then the other two names I just briefly jotted down were uh, Matty James and Joe Williams will make up their uh, mm-hmm. Uh, their central midfield pairing, whether that's, you know, sitting in front of a back four or anchoring the middle of a, a four-man uh, midfield. And even this um, roster, it feels like a very mid-table championship team. It, it, this is the most It's like Naki Wells is there. Average. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I know I know what we're dealing with here. Um, I mean, and, and we end up in the same situation we have been recently. This is a yep. game at home. Um, we're going to need to win. You kind of feel like we're going to need to score first this is a game that should be winnable we, we should i i want us to I, I think we need to take three points from this game um if we want to be able to stay up you, you and, and i the think the pressure it's on too right is the other thing you don't want to give millwall and qpr and birmingham and huddersfield a breather you want them to know they got to get a result every week and i haven't that's correct like the the fixtures uh Look at the chip. Well, we get we get Plymouth in a couple weeks. Right now, Plymouth is oh yeah, I mean like the eight ahead of us. But yeah, you know, as as Demi pointed out earlier, you know, in three weeks that they could be two points ahead of us, <laughs> or fifteen right. points ahead of us. Like you know, it's it's hard to tell. So you're just right. Yeah, we need to yeah. <laughs> so you've got you've got QPR. We just need to keep home. the pressure on. Yeah, QPR at home against Rothing, Rotherham this week. Uh, you've got Birmingham goes to Ipswich. So, you know, Ipswich, obviously the greatest team in uh, English football history, will probably take care of business there. Although they did have a midweek match. They uh, squeaked it out against Rotherham with a stoppage time winner, 4-3. Uh, Millwall goes to Southampton. That's going to be a tough assignment for them. Uh, Plymouth Argyle goes to Middlesbrough. That's going to be a tough assignment for them. Huddersfield goes to Watford. That's going to be a tough assignment for them. You know, it's the championship. Weird shit happens all the time. You just prefer Bonzi it happens. at Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. You just prefer it, it happens be. to you when you need a weird result rather than the <laughs> other guys. I also hate to say, I think, didn't uh, Bristol City beat Southampton a couple of weeks they ago? They did, yeah, yeah. And then lost to QPR. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the championship, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's... Yeah, it's it's the most exciting league in English football, assuming you're not trying to scrap your way out of relegation. (laughs) But uh, close to the end of this long journey out of 22nd or 23rd, we will meet up in Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's second to last match, if I recall correctly. It is West Brom. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I think it's the last away game of the season, I think. Away at West Brom, definitely. Yeah. uh, Yeah. We we didn't exactly pick fixtures that. (laughs) We didn't pick like the uh, the clear winner there. So at the beginning of the season, one of my predictions, which isn't going to come off with Ashley Fletcher, top scorer. uh, So Mm. we won't talk about that. But uh, that's that's not gone for him. Bless him. Uh, but I mean, to be fair, uh, if he has a couple of hat tricks, he's right there. So it's not like yeah, he's got a huge yeah, bar uh, to get over. Still. Yeah, that's why he needs to score that too, I think. <laughs> Two hat tricks and he's there. Anyway, yeah. uh, one of my other predictions would be that we would guarantee our safety against West Brom. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it may not be that we win against West Brom, but yeah, yeah. lose that week, which will give us the cushion that we need. Uh, is 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 the one prediction that I'm sticking to. Uh, uh, <laughs> I really hope it comes off because that will be a party. Yeah. Uh, 
later on in the afternoon. Yeah, so uh, really excited. It's getting very exciting, getting closer now. We've got uh, quite a few things that are booked and ready to go. Um, so uh, Thursday night, uh, for anyone that's arriving real early, um, uh, we're going to have a uh, an unofficial lobster dinner. Um uh, so I think a few, I know a few people uh, are coming early doors, Greg and mm. uh, a couple of others uh, coming early doors. So we're going to go for a lobster dinner on Thursday night. Uh, anyone is more than welcome to uh, to join us. Um, and then Friday night, the the official opening night, uh, 6 p.m., uh, we've got a, a room booked, uh, a place called The Lower Deck, which is basically right next door to uh, Nova Scotia uh, Casino, or there's a there's a Marriott hotel and then the casinos on the oh, other you got side. casinos. That's going to be real dangerous. You have a casino. Yeah. <laughs> a casino, um, but still dangerous. You only need one. <laughs> very dangerous. Yeah. So uh, we've got, we've got, we've, we've got the room book from six. Uh, we've got it till 10. Um, but after, after that, there's going to be uh, there's a DJ on the floor that we're on. Uh, there's also a live local band on the floor below. Uh, and there's, I believe there's a matinee performance uh, from a local singer called Paul Lamb as well um, that we would be able to go down and see if we wanted to. Um, there would be cover uh, for the for the local band downstairs later on in the evening, but uh, people are more than welcome to to go down and uh, and check that out. Uh, but like I said, there'll be a DJ on our floor. Uh, it'd be a great chance. We've got uh, a, a nice big room for about forty people, um, so nice nice space to mix and mingle, catch up with old friends. And hopefully make some new ones as well. So, um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, probably going to be some uh, aching heads in the morning, but fear not because we're right on the Atlantic. The game does not kick off till eleven a.m. local time. Uh, so that's oh, beauty. That's a bit of good news for an extra hour in bed from uh, <laughs> from New York um, uh, and and Chelsea. I think they're in the same time zone. Yeah, they're both East Coast. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so meeting uh, 11 a.m. A place called Niche Lounge. Uh, really, really nice venue. Absolutely love this place. It's where I watch the World Cup. Um, loads of big screens. They're actually opening especially for us. Uh, they don't normally open till four, so they're opening especially for us. Um, oh, cool. Got, yeah, the manager's going to put on a, um, a bit of a breakfast menu as well. Um, and then, so I think there's the Wednesday game is going to be in the in the lower bar, which is an, a decent decent area, uh, big screen. We can put some flags up, and then they're going to be showing the. Uh, I think there's a uh, is it Man United Arsenal? I think on that day as well. Yeah, uh, so that's so. going to be um, in the back as well. They're going to have that game on as well, um, so people can kind of go go check that out. Um, so that's kind of the main event. Uh, now, should my prediction come true, and I haven't. <laughs> Paddy doesn't even notice yet, actually. But uh, should my prediction come true, the best cigar shop in Halifax is located two doors down <laughs> from the bar. So, and it opens at uh, eleven a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> so, hopefully, we'll be spending some money in the cigar shop, <laughs> uh, celebrating another mm. season of Championship football. But uh, that remains to be seen. Um, so, yeah. So after after Niche, uh, which is a great place to get food as well, um, they do some really good food in there. Uh, after that, we're going to head up, and it's just, uh, I think it's about a 10-minute walk. Uh, I hate to say it is uphill, but uh, <laughs> you can Uber if you want. Uh, we're, we're going up to the Halifax Wanderers uh, for their season opening game uh, against Atletico Ottawa. Um, Wait, sorry, it's a 10-minute walk? Yeah, like it's 10 ish. No, no, no. That is, that is amazing. I was picturing fucking cabs and. No, 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 no. And okay. all this nonsense. Oh my God. Singing it's the like whole time. And there's, there's also, they also do a march to the game. So um, depending on what time the march Ooh. starts, 
we may even be able to get involved in that. Um, so I've got the name of uh, of the local guy that kind of organizes all that stuff. So we'll, we'll see about getting some songs that we can sing uh, for the Wanderers. Um, so that should be a lot of fun. Um, if you are planning on coming, uh, there is a discount for tickets. Um, so if you go onto the Eventbrite uh, thing on Facebook, uh, maybe we could put the link in the uh, in the show notes. Maybe um, you can get a discounted uh, discount tickets, and it doesn't matter where you get your ticket because we're in like a standing section behind one of the goals. Um, so it's it's field level, right behind the hoardings, uh, and we'll all be able to kind of be together uh, or separate if we're <laughs> <laughs> so inclined. Um, but yes, yeah, it's like a mix and mingle area as well. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, tickets are twenty six Canadian, uh, twenty seven Canadian, I think, um, which is about twenty dollars US. So it's not not going to be super expensive. And then after the game. A uh, bit of time to change, and we'll probably just head back down kind of towards where we were. I think we're going to start in Dirty Nellies. I'm going to try and book us a table in there, but nothing confirmed, and then just uh, show you guys what Halifax has to offer on uh, on the bar scene. And, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a great area kind of all in one uh, all on one strip there that we'll, we'll hang out in. So, yeah, it should be a good night. Uh, and then there may be something happening on Sunday. Uh, don't have any details on that yet. Um, that is being all secretive about that. Well, yeah, I'm not quite sure. It's uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say. I got a um, no. Keep it secretive. It's all good. Yeah, it's fine. So anyone anyone that's around on the Sunday, we may have something that could be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> could be a disaster, but you know, so so could the whole yeah, weekend. That's, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, get relegated. So, um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep that one quiet, and we'll see. We'll see what goes goes on there. But yeah, look, if you get relegated, you could just uh, take off your Wednesday shirt, put on a Halifax Wanderer shirt, and like, like you know, it's fine. Absolutely, similar like they've got the yeah. blue. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, so you're feeling quite well. But yeah, no, super excited. Uh, um, and yeah, can't wait to see everyone. I think. I think we've got about 30 people signed up, which is really, really good. Um, yep. So some good numbers there. Uh, I know I've had a few friends uh, locally. I've got an Oxford fan uh, hoping to hoping to pop yeah, in. I mean, if you're, we have a lot of uh, English listeners, obviously, as well. It's a short flight. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, direct as well from Heathrow yeah. right now. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of friends coming. Uh, um, so, yeah, it should, be, it should be a lot of fun. My apologies. I think there will be a Crystal Palace fan there. Uh, and he's already told me he's going to wear a shirt, but that's fine. <laughs> Could be worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this has been episode 239 of the Owls Americast. Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. You can find us on the internet. Owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Uh, you can also like sign up for our mailing list where you can get all the information about Halifax you know this agenda that you just heard uh went out on email earlier this week so any any new events any secret Sunday events that we can't talk about uh yet might uh be first linked out in our email our podcast intro and bumpers I by fellow Wednesday it's Reverend the Makers the podcast is wherever you get your podcasts just search for the Owls Americans so you can listen or Subscribe right there. And whatever you do choose to consume the Owls Americast, we have asked that you rate and review the show. If it helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owls. Justin, 
Uh, how'd the hockey season go? You in the playoffs? I don't know how the playoffs work in Massachusetts. It's without getting too complicated. There's a mathematical formula that ranks teams. The top, the top. <laughs> that seems pretty complicated, actually, for high I'm school not hockey. Going to explain it. Yeah. It's Massachusetts, well, it's, it's so fair not, enough. But yeah, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Um, no, we're uh, we are the. I believe we're going to go into the playoffs as the number two ranks yeah. team. So yeah. yeah, I think we have we're like 19 and two or something. Very. Very impressive season, although mm-hmm. we did kick a bunch of tomato cans around. So yeah. we'll see. I went and scouted uh, somebody today who, uh, frankly, terrified me. So you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts. But you know, it's one of those things. It's you need to appreciate each season for what it is, uh, start to finish, the ups and downs, and uh, you know, Looking it's like a true serious. Wednesday. I... So yeah, there you go. Uh, Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, how do you expect the uh Portland Thorn season to go this year? Oh, we're gonna they're they're gonna win every game. Oh yeah. I, I mean if you if you noticed Olivia Moultrie scored twice last night for the US. So I did see that. Off yes. to a good start. I have to pay attention to that. I think uh, I think the Owls Americast Derby is April. It's pretty early in the season, I think. Oh in Portland, we Utah. Should, should we each do the uh, six hour draft to Boise and shake hands there? <laughs> you don't want to. Why do you want to drive to Boise? I don't. <laughs> uh, Dimmy is on Twitter at DJ Dimmy. Dimmy, what's your uh, what's your official prediction for the Halifax Wanderers season this year? Well, they got. I think they just missed out in the playoffs last season. Although mm-hmm. I think they're made up of like eight or ten teams, uh, and I think, uh, but they've got they've got a pretty new team, new manager. Um, so I think they're, they're expecting to do, and I'm hoping they'll do they'll do quite well this season. So Who even is the Halifax Wanderers manager? Is it like someone I would? Uh, I'll be honest. Out? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have to Google most of their players. They did have yeah. an English guy called Callum Wilson, who's actually mm. just gone. He got he's gone down to the MLS. I mm. can't remember which team, but uh, he 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 got traded to the MLS. So, so it uh, appears their manager is. I mean, that team is like ninety percent Canadian. Yeah, a lot of them. Uh, yeah. They get the odd English player, but uh, he's a big bull guy. I know that much. Yes, he is a big bull guy. Uh, his name is his name is Patrice Gessar. He looks like an uh, a villain, not like the main villain, but like a secondary villain in a Jason Statham movie that gets like is beaten he... up in the second act. Yeah, Canadian. He's Canadian. Yep. French Canadian. Uh, then they always look. Different. Oh, he's from Ontario. Oh, interesting. Well, that uh, it doesn't mean he isn't so. French Canadian, but he was born in Ontario. Uh, he has managed for York University, SC Toronto, the Vaughn Azuri, the Seneca College Sting, and now uh, the Halifax Wanderers. So there you go. There you there's go. Your, there's your update. And the, yeah, this entire team is... Uh, they have a Brazilian, apparently. They, yeah, in the they have class. an American, too. They have an American and a Brazilian, yeah. Looks like uh, the Brazilian uh, Vitor Diaz went to Marshall, played his college soccer there and his bounce around the the lower divisions of of u.s soccer but yeah they have a they do have a u.s uh forward as well he doesn't have a squad number yet but these are all things uh you can find out more about in halifax in a couple months as for us i'm on twitter at jeff Panarostro. i have no official predictions i would actually honestly prefer they be uh safe before the west prom game but regardless we'll see you back here next week <laughs>